Welcome back, Life Group leaders, to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined again with Pastor Hayden. And here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We do this by reaching everyone for Christ, teaching everyone to be like Christ, and training everyone to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission of making disciples of Christ by reaching, teaching, and training. Now, we are continuing our sermon series of navigating culture as we dive into Colossians chapter 2 as we go over verses 16 to 19. So let me read that to you before we dive in into more of what this sermon is all about. Colossians 2, 16 through 19. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the wor- and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and, holding, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. Now, Pastor Hayden, um, you have titled this sermon, Holding On to Christ. So what should we as life group leaders be expecting from this Sunday's sermon? Great question. Hey, life group leaders, excited for another great week of ministry here at Compass Bible Church. Looking forward to seeing you this Sunday as we look at navigating culture in this sermon, we want to make sure that we are holding on to Christ. I like to think of a picture of, uh, of a baby, uh, maybe a toddler, and they're holding on to their favorite toy. And how does a toddler hang on to their favorite toy? With both hands and all the energy and attitude they have. And if you try to take that toy away from them, you're not doing it. I mean, you could try to give them something uh, worth 10 times more than the object in their hands, and they, with reckless abandon, are going to hang on uh, to that toy because it is precious to them and it means so much. And as Christians, we have something ultimately more valuable than any other thing that can be offered to us, and that is Christ. And so we need to uh, hold on to Christ with both hands, with all the attitude that we have, just like a baby would hold on to the toy in its hands. And that just needs to be the kind of attitude uh, that we take into uh, the world and to our culture when it comes to Christ. And it's the same concept that Paul is sharing here with the Colossians that, you know, you can't let anyone pass judgment on you in regard to some specific things that we'll get into. And he says, you can't let anyone disqualify you uh, for some more things we're going to get into. At the end of the day, we're holding on to Christ, who is sufficient in all things. And really, you know, that's where we're going uh, this weekend. Uh, this is not a hard text to exposit, but it can be a much more difficult text to apply because of the specific nature of what Paul's talking about. But as we study and as you study into this passage, you'll learn that there is a lot, a lot of similarities between some of the things that we are offered even today that try to get us to uh, let go of Christ and not hold fast to him. It is a clear and and simple application, just holding on to Christ. But you alluded to that the the application is, it can be difficult just because if we need to understand Paul's context of what he's meaning with all these, you know, legalism and festivals and Sabbaths. You know, Pastor Hayden, what are the, some of the key understandings that we need to understand as life group leaders 
to better help lead our life groups to see what are the things that you know we are doing the same. Sure. And uh, if you research uh, Colossians, you'll probably find three categories that are often uh, addressed in these few verses. Uh, the first is legalism. And, you know, the definition of legalism is I am trying to work my way to God or I'm trying to uh, earn my way to justification. I believe that if I do A, B, and C, and D, I'm going to receive uh, my, my right standing with God based on my works. And so that's something here that has a very uh, Jewish flavor that you're going to see on here that we'll talk about, especially things like following festivals and new moons and Sabbaths. And so uh, Paul is uh, really trying to take that argument and saying it isn't by legalism that we find uh, our uh, salvation. It isn't in legalism that we take our uh, we, we get this higher level of acceptance to God or this higher level of knowledge. It's not through legalism. It's not through keeping days and festivals and Sabbaths. Another uh, term that we don't really use a lot, and it's asceticism. Okay, and asceticism is is basically this. It's like I am going to uh, I'm going to uh, neglect uh, things in my life uh, based on hopes that it's going to bring me closer to Christ or hope that it's going to. Uh, it's going to uh, keep my flesh from from wanting and desiring more things. So, for instance, it'd be like saying, "I'm going to uh, never eat a banana ever again." I'm gonna. I love bananas, and I'm just gonna not ever eat a banana again. Well, that's this idea of asceticism, which means if I just say no, 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 and I never allow myself any pleasures, and I always say no to all these things that could give me any pleasure, somehow that's gonna make me more religious or more acceptable to God. And we know the Bible teaches that there are a lot of things we ought to say no to. But asceticism is like, I am just going to not allow myself any pleasure of life because any pleasure in my life is is sin or could be sin, which is unbiblical. And you're just going to notice that a lot of these things that we talk about, legalism, asceticism, and what we're going to get into in a minute, are just things that aren't found in Scripture. They're things that culture and the world will add to uh, our, our faith that may seem religious and it may seem like a good idea, but it's unbiblical and it's not necessary for people who find their fullness in Christ. The third area is what we'd call mysticism, which is this idea that there is this higher knowledge and I find it through experience. So exper- exper- experiential ideas of mysticism is like I have these visions and I have these dreams. And, you know, uh, if I have this particular feeling, it, it will equal this truth. And if I uh, can go after a, a, a feeling and it's going to end up getting me somewhere or, you know, these people who are just very mystical is, is a good way that I try to describe it. Mysticism is very mystical. You never really can put your thumb down on what they're saying or what they believe. But somehow, if you can get to that particular area of knowledge that they have in this mystical idea, you're going to find a truth and you're going to find fullness. And Paul is saying, by no means are we doing that. Uh, you do not, they, people can't disqualify you, assisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in details about visions, puffed up without reason. I mean, Paul is saying, do not get caught up in those things because they're not what give you fullness. It's Christ alone that gives you fullness. And all these things, legalism, asceticism, mysticism, they're all less than Christ. And if they're less than Christ, they're useless for us. And that that's the main point that Paul is trying to drive at. And in reality, it's people, we twist things incorrectly. And where there is reality, there are feelings that and things that we experience 
but we take it and twist it into a direction that leads away from Christ. There are things like these festivals and laws that were supposed to supposed to point people back to God, point people to the future of Christ, but they twisted it into the earning of their salvation. So there are things even today that we might do that we will probably touch on either on Sunday or later down in this podcast, but to kind of, I think, help us better understand the people that Paul's dealing with and what we are going to be dealing with is a, a single word is sensuous. You know, Pastor Aiden, can you explain how um, this helpful word for us to better understand what Paul is dealing with here, what kind of people he's dealing with, with the word sensuous? Of course, uh, it's, it's a strange word because we just don't use it a lot. We don't see it a lot, but an easy definition would be that which is of the flesh. And so to say that someone's puffed up without reason by their sensuous mind, it's that their mind is set on things of the flesh. It's how can I, you know, how can my flesh uh, accomplish a work that only God can do? And they're going to say that I can do this through uh, legalism or asceticism or mysticism, and we're going to say, can't do that. That's a very fleshly way to think about life, and we understand that we don't overcome by the flesh, but of the Spirit. And to say that I can do anything of the flesh is denying the fullness and the power of Christ. And so it's, it's really that simple, but that is a word that if you're just not understanding it properly, it's going to really throw a wrench in you interpreting the Scripture properly. Well, as we know, we need the whole t- entirety of the Bible to better understand you know, each verse, each passage. Um, Pastor, what is a helpful cross-reference that the leaders should know, even refer to, as they lead their life groups this week? Of course, one that's really, really good that is going to just f- fill really any blanks that people may have in interpreting uh, verses 16 through 19 is going to be actually found a couple of verses down. We're not getting to this verse this week. We're getting to it next week, but it's got to be necessary to talk about it right now because it would be an easy, uh, easier understanding of the rest of the text. If you just look at Colossians 2.23, we talk about legalism, we're talking about asceticism, we're talking about mysticism, and he says this, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, uh, and there it is right there. These things have an appearance of wisdom. So when people, if, if you would say, hey, you need to do this legalistic thing or this asceticistic thing or this mysticistic thing, uh, people are going to say, oh, okay, I can see how you, I can see how that might work. And they're promoting the self-help, self-made religion that if you do A, B, and C, it's going to get you somewhere. And he's saying, even though these things have an appearance of wisdom by promoting self-made religion, asceticism, and severity to the body, they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So he's saying, you can do all these things, but they're of no value in stopping the sinful uh, proclivities of people. Only God can do that. And that's really what we get into over and over again. It's only the fullness of Christ that helps us walk in holiness, and it's only obedience to his word. And there are so many things that he says, hey, do this, or do this, or do this, or don't do this. And so it's not saying we don't have any part in sanctification, but it's saying you can't allow uh, secular or or cultural uh, bodies of work or or secular uh, philosophies to tell you what brings you closer to God. The Bible tells you what brings you closer to God. And so we say no to anything on the outside that tries to tell us how we are to grow closer to God, and we leave that up to God's revelation to us in His Word. And this would be a good reminder for your life group of last week's sermon as you broke down the part of circumcision, that God, you, what is required for us to even obey God and to bear fruit is that we need our, our heart, our, our soul to be circumcised and only God can do that. But we are all supposed to, supposed to bear fruit with the Spirit of God in us. You know, as the Bible says, we are supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it is Christ in us. So it's a, as a Christian with a 
the clarity of the Bible. We understand it's a cooperation that we have with God, but with it's through God, for God, and um, for God's glory. But essentially, it's always circling back to it's God alone who can help us do this, but anything outside of that realm is not going to be of any benefit at all. Um, but as another cross-reference that might be helpful is from your own, your actual, your own daily Bible reading from last Saturday on Matthew 12, 1 through 8, where Jesus also is being challenged about the Sabbath and then where he declares that it is the Son of Man who is the Lord of the Sabbath and that Sabbath was created for a purpose to glorify God, not just to get you closer to God because you're just obeying it. So that's a good reference to maybe go back to. That is something that Encompass Kids will be emphasizing a little bit on. And so going back to your own daily Bible reading and seeing how it connects to Sunday services. But Pastor Hayden, there is a yeah, and uh, let me interrupt there for a minute. Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath. Why is that important here? Because God had instituted uh, something that causes us to stop and give glory to him and say it's not our work that gets this done, it's God's provision that gets these things done. And even in uh, Jesus' debate and a conflict with the Pharisees and the scribes and the people, and they, you know, he's trying to heal people and do good. He's trying to do good works on the Sabbath. So Jesus isn't saying good works aren't necessary. Even in here, he's saying, listen, you can't just be legalistic and, and disobey the more weighty things, like making sure that we are doing good things, make sure that we're helping people. And so they're trying to say on the Sabbath, you're not allowed to heal someone. Jesus isn't allowed to, to, to provide for people who need something. And he makes that point saying, if your sheep was stuck somewhere on the Sabbath, would you just leave him there until the next day? No, you're going to go make sure that a problem is solved. And here, Jesus is saying, listen, uh, the Sabbath isn't God. I'm God. And we got to understand that that works and trying to work ourselves to God is not what's sufficient. It's Christ who is Lord of the Sabbath who is sufficient. And so it's so important that reference to show us that it's not the the Sabbath, it's not the festivals, it's not the dreams and all these things that are the substance of our faith. It's Christ who is the substance of our own faith. Absolutely. Um, and now, Pastor Hayden, there is a bit of a difficult interpretation. Now, it doesn't change the application of the text whatsoever. The application is holding on to Christ. But as Paul is explaining, you know, food and drink, festivals or new moons or Sabbath, uh, what is Paul talking about? Is he talking about strictly you know, Judaism? Is he talking about Gnosticism? Is he talking about a mix of Gentile and Jewish culture? What is he talking about so that we can better help our life? When that question is asked in our life groups, we can better give a good answer what Paul is talking sure. about. So these are uh, these specific terms that he's using. He's not taking out of thin air. He's actually t- attacking and confronting specific ideas and philosophies that are uh, that are trying to creep into the church there in Colossae. So when he says things like a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, these things are very uh, Judaistic. They're very much Jewish things. And so that's the reason a lot of interpreters, which this is probably their best argument, talking about Judaizers. And these are people who are saying, you need uh, to follow Christ. That's great and all, but you also need to do circumcision. You also need to keep the Sabbath. You also need to keep the festivals. You also need to do all these other things uh, in order for your salvation to really count for anything. And Paul's saying, absolutely not. It doesn't matter about the food. It doesn't matter about the drink. The festivals, none. These are a shadow of things, but the substance belongs to Christ. And so you have these people, uh, these these Judaizers. But there's so much more here because there's also other things that we see in uh, not just these few verses, but before and after, where there seems to be more going on that doesn't just uh, doesn't 
isn't just accounted for in Judaism and the framework of that belief. And we have these other ideas like Gnosticism or this higher knowledge or, you know, there are these realms at which we have to try to get to to receive the special revelation from God. And you need to follow people who said they've received that, which obviously if, if we're trying to follow anything other than Christ, we're not getting to the right place. And so Gnosticism is, is believing that, you know, I need a higher knowledge from unknown places to actually have a relationship with God, which you can see how that's really antithetical to Scripture and the, the apostolic tradition they were passing along there in the first century. Uh, and then in, in other ways, we just have to understand the religiosity of the culture, the syncretistic religious culture of that Lycus Valley. I mean, the odds are there's just going to be not just one or two or three different competing philosophies and theologies about who God is. The understanding is there's just so many uh, different places that we receive a counter uh, a counter to our uh, biblical worldview. And just like today, I mean, we deal with legalism and asceticism and even mysticism within people who call themselves Christians. And we have to understand at the end of the day, no matter the religion, no matter the philosophy, that it all submits to Christ. And if it doesn't match up with what God says in his word, if it doesn't match what, what Christ has revealed uh, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, through his commissioning of the apostles in the New Testament, it is not going to work. And so really that's as difficult as, okay, we're talking about Judaism, we're talking about Gnosticism, we're talking about syncretism. Sure, okay, all those things, worthy things to talk about. But again, the application here is those things aren't, don't fill you, only Christ does. So it's super easy to apply, which is so good about Scripture. And there is a temptation to maybe ask us, like, how do we see this today? Is the Enneagram one of the things? Is this this other thing? And uh, what kind of like legalism is in the church? But the one thing that you can do as a life group, you can talk about that and even think of some examples yourself, but it's staying on the sermon focus. And so Pastor Hayden, as you know, as tempting as it is to, as we should explain, how do we see this culturally today in, in Texas or in the United States as a whole, what is the sermon focus that they can anchor to so that, you know, as life groups, we don't get too far into the weeds and just get lost? Right. I mean, like Pastor Evan said, you're going to deal with things like people may ask you, well, have you spoken in tongues? Because if you haven't spoken in tongues, you're not saved. And or do you have visions? Do you have dreams? Do you prophesy? Because you have to do these things if you want to have the fullness of God or the, you know, and it's, you know, these are things that we even deal with within the ranks of people who call themselves Christians. And so um, undoubtedly, if people are understanding the application of this and seeing how to connect the dots, these could become uh, maybe contentious areas in your life group, but we don't need it to be. Because at the end of the day, what we have to say is, whatever we're doing, is it are we holding firm to the sufficiency of Christ? Because it's fundamental if we're going to navigate life and we're going to make the right decisions in our life because the world wants to add things to the Bible and subtract things from the Bible's definition of how we're saved and how we walk out our faith as Christians. And so at the end of the day, we say, what does the Bible say about this? And if we can answer that question within our application questions, and then we can ask ourselves, how does focusing on the Bible's application grow us spiritually? Uh, how uh, does focusing on culture wither us, keep us from growing? And at the end of the day, we have to ask the question, what can we do about this? What can we do about allowing the Bible to grow us through applying it? And then how can we keep the culture from withering us, so to speak, and, and keeping us from growing in our relationship with Christ? 
All right, Pastor Hayden, they have usually about four application questions to work through it for their homework. Um, but what is a focus you want the life group leaders to focus on and even get their groups to focus on uh, during this week as they go through life group, uh, their life groups this week? Simply this, uh, and we we try to do this every week. I did this in my group uh, very pointedly this week, is when we ask the question, what does the Bible say about this, or what do these scriptures say in regard to the actual application questions? For instance, how does focusing on the Bible's application grow us? And you always take them back to the text. Take them back to the text that we just read, or maybe back to the main text that we're having to, that we're going over for that Sunday service, and ask them, how do we apply God's Word based on this scripture based on what the Bible says here and keep pointing people back to that because it does slow people down because people are not always used to going back to scripture and and analyzing it and interpreting it and saying, well, that means I need to do this, but that's exactly what we want people to do because that's how people are going to grow. Not when you say something that piques their interest and they kind of uh, ad hominem, is that the right way? And just kind of off the top of their head and just say it. Uh, it's more of, hey, no, don't tell me what your thoughts are off the top of your head. Look at the scripture. Uh, interpret the scripture because if you if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate the scripture. And if you have your 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 knowledge and skills trained by discernment, you're going to start using the scripture to apply to your life, and that's exactly what we want to do. And so that's what you need to do in your application questions. Focus them in on how does this apply to us. What am I going to do this week because of this scripture? And Pastor Hayden, as we've been discussing this week, you have found a few resources very helpful. What are the you know three resources that you have that the life group leaders can probably add to their bookshelves you know, for the long term? Yeah, one book is called The Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin, and it's just going to continue helping you grow your knowledge of these different cults, even some who call themselves Christians and how they are not trusting in the fullness of Christ and how their road to salvation is not a biblical road to salvation. And it's going to be so helpful because we deal with this from week to week, even in our own church, of how does one get saved? Uh, what is justification? What is sanctification? How do these relate to my walk with God? And, and these are very important. And this book is going to help us see different, uh, Christ, different so-called Christian cults, uh, different worldviews, and different religions, and how they say we're right with God, and help us look at it using Scripture and what God's Word says about how we have a relationship with Him. Uh, two books by John Stott. One's the Cross of Christ, which talks about the centrality of Christ uh, when it comes to uh, the Christian faith. When it comes to our uh, the atonement of Christ, how we can be in right relationship with God, a super good book to just to help you realize that the fullness of uh, Christ is found in Him alone because of what He's done on the cross. And then another book is just shorter books, easy to read, called Focus on Christ, and it's just that it helps you make sure your life is focused on Christ because in the fullness of Christ. You, him as our foundational cornerstone of our life that we build our life on is uh, is pivotal to be able to navigate this world uh, through a biblical worldview. All right. Well, here, uh, Compass, we have a few, or Life Group Leaders, we have a few announcements that we, we have. So first and foremost is we are actually adding a new podcast. Oh now, yeah. We are having, we're continuing this as the life group leader podcast, but pastor Hayden and I will be doing another podcast called compass equip podcast. And this is the purpose of this is for the whole church. You know, we will review parts of the sermon that maybe we didn't get to maybe a sermon focus or application focus. Um, but for this life group leader podcast, this is to equip you to lead your life groups. And for the rest of the church, we want to be able to better equip them to be prepared for life groups and also covering th different things like 
the daily Baba reading and special topics. Another thing that we're adding to is if you look at your worksheet closely uh, on the back side, it was that we're adding a memory verse on the back of the worksheet. So we want to be memorizing scripture together as a church. So use this to you know equip yourself to walk you know, in a godly manner, to put scripture in the forefront of your mind, but also to help your life group uh, do the same. Uh, Last for mine, Pastor Hayden has a couple announcements, is uh, for me is that we have a Compass Students D now that the registrations are now open. So make sure if you any, know any students, 6th grade to 12th grade, have them sign up today. It's from Thursday night, February 17th, to Sunday morning, to, uh, February 20th. So make sure you mark the calendars and get students signed up. Pastor Hayden, you have a couple announcements that you want to share. All right, real quick, our building update, man. Uh, drywall is going up. Woo! I mean, this place is looking really great. Uh, they're really... Uh, putting up all the things that need to on the interior and exterior to get this thing looking like how it should. So you guys keep praying. Uh, there's uh, there's going to start doing sprinklers soon and all that good stuff. So a lot of work's being done. Continue to pray for the completion of 2415 Lifehouse Industrial Drive. Uh, one big announcement is we're celebrating multiplication. That means we have new life groups starting and one starts next week. Pastor Evan and Candace are starting a group on Tuesday nights, and it's going to start this coming Tuesday at their house in Cloud Country. And so uh, we have a lot of people going to that. We're excited for it. We're going to celebrate that this weekend. And Bob and Barbara Johnson are also starting a life group on Fridays at 10 a.m. starting on February 11th. And we already have a whole group of people joining that group and more to join shortly. And so be celebrating and praying for Bob and Barbara and Pastor Evan and Candace as they multiply our church through life groups. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this podcast. We look forward to seeing you soon.